This is Inspector Toolbelt Talk. Hey, Ian Robertson here from Inspector Toolbelt Talk. Hey, I just wanted to talk today about going multi-inspector. You know, it's funny, when I started my first inspection company, I never thought about going multi-inspector. I just thought it was a really cool job. I'm like, this is the best job that's ever existed. And so I never really thought, hey, let me build this big company and let me build a couple more and see where we go. For some of us, though, we start off our business thinking, man, I would love to have a multi-inspector firm. I'd love to maybe do a couple of inspections, but more or less organize things and just kind of run the company. For a lot of us, that's the dream. And some of us, we just kind of hit a wall where we had too many inspections and now we needed to hire someone and we evolved into it that way. However, it happens. The term multi-inspector firm has probably been on our mind in one form or another. So I kind of know how this goes to a certain extent. We work with inspectors all over the U.S. and Canada. And I've seen multi-inspector firms thrive, and I've seen multi-inspector firms fail. And there's a couple of things that line up with why they survive and why they fail. A lot of times afterwards, you know, post-mortem, We'll be helping an inspector and, and, you know, we don't want to be too hard on ourselves. So sometimes we might think to ourselves, well, it was the market. It was this. I couldn't find the right inspector. And some of that may be true. But for the most part, there's actually a little bit of a formula. So when we see that one guy at the home inspection convention, you know, it's 15 guys and he's just kicking back a beer, talking about how much money he made and how we went on three vacations last month or whatever it happens to be. That's because that guy is either blowing smoke or, let's be more realistic about it, he's probably working a lot to make things function and he's given it a lot of thought. So two things that I have seen that have made multi-inspector firms fail. And then on top of that, a mindset that we need to kind of rid ourselves of. So first of all, the two reasons. First one is, No structure slash running around like a chicken with your head cut off. We'll talk about what causes this, but I've seen this more often than not. Guy running a business, has two, three inspectors under him, trying to grow, and he can't because he's working 16-hour days, seven days a week, trying to make things run. And he never gets ahead of his business. And if you're living this life right now, trust me, the reason we're doing this podcast right now is I usually get asked this question a couple times a month. In the past week and a half, I think I've had four phone calls, long conversations, and they all ended up in the same position. And and they laughed because I asked them very specific questions. What about this? What about this? What about this? And they were all in the same spot. So running around because you don't have the structure. We've talked about that many times on this podcast. One of the things that can help is process mapping. Go back and listen to our interview with um, one of the people over there from Rocket Station. You don't have to use a VA, but just the process mapping part of that is important. If we can't map our process, we're going to always be running around. Uh, And there's another reason for that, but let's talk about the second reason. So first one, no structure, running around like a crazy person. And number two, not able to get any good help. That's a big one, right? Where do I get the inspectors from? There's an inherent problem with that. So my uh, father-in-law runs a a large hardware store uh, down in Florida, does a fantastic job. 
And he's always talking about how they can't get good help. So when I ask him, how much do they get paid? He doesn't own the store. He runs it. He smiles and he said, not enough. Because he knows that good help costs money. So paying someone a low wage, what maybe we consider not a low wage, but maybe what they consider a low wage, and then wondering why we can't get good help is a problem. So whatever the reason we can't get good help, those are the two issues that I almost invariably see as the two key elements of why a multi-inspector firm just falls apart. So what leads to that? It comes down to a mentality that we're going to talk about. Oftentimes, we see being a multi-inspector firm as a stepping stone. It's a badge of honor that we wear. I own a multi-inspector firm. I know what's going on. I was that good that I could have multiple inspectors. When in reality, we need to pull ourselves out of that thinking. Because, yes, it is, a, it is a measure of a badge of honor, so to speak. But you know what's a better badge of honor? Being highly profitable. I know multi-inspector firms that are barely getting by. I know multi-inspector firms that have such tight margins that one bad week, they've had to lay somebody off. That is not being profitable. That is losing sleep. That is hurting the people that work with you. That is not fun. That's not a badge of honor. Badge of honor is maybe being a little bit smaller of a company, but being more profitable. So hear me out a little bit, because a lot of guys are thinking, well, this goes against what I've learned. And you may actually uh, be thinking back to some courses that you've taken. And there are a lot of courses out there say, okay, give your inspectors a 30% split or 20% split, keep your prices low. And the worst term that I can hear, grab more market share. I hate that term. And I'm going to tell you why. Market share denotes that you're competing with everybody else on their level. So I pick on McDonald's a lot. So let's let's go ahead and do that. If you owned a gourmet burger shop and you had 10 people there for lunch and you made a hefty profit, would you sit there in your burger shop and look at McDonald's and say, you know what? Why are they getting so many more customers than me? That doesn't make sense, right? If you get 10 customers at your gourmet burger shop and you pay they pay $50 for a burger and McDonald's gets 100, McDonald's profit margin might be a dollar a burger. So they made $100. Your profit margin might be $40 a burger. You made a lot more than McDonald's. So why are we worried about market share? It's pride. So we kind of have to strip ourselves of that, you know, not thinking, well, I have to have more market share. When people look at me, they know I'm the boss of this market. I have 15% market share. I have 50% market share. Whatever it happens to be, all that really does is now you're the gourmet burger shop that has to lower their price point to compete with McDonald's. That's what market share comes down to. Less market share and more profit, way better. And we're going to talk in a moment about why that will help you retain good help and stop you from running around like a crazy person. The second uh, mindset that kind of goes along with that is the number of inspections. You ever hear guys talk about that? I love to hear, you know, when you hear inspectors talk and they're like, how many inspections did you do last year? And I'm like, why does that matter? I think we should be asking, what was your bottom line? What was your net? How much did you net? So I, I know a multi-inspector firm, they have somewhere between five to 10 guys, uh, and I don't use names on this show. Uh, if they're listening, you know who you are, and we've had this conversation. 
but um, they have between five to ten guys, and their profitability at that range is lower than what the average single inspector makes. So think about that. All you single inspectors out there. That sounds like the beginning of a bad Beyonce song, right? All these single inspectors. Uh, think about this. I'm cracking myself up on my own show. Think about that for a moment. Is it worth having five or 10 guys to worry about the liability, the stress, getting work enough for those 10 guys, all that stuff to make about the same as you would as a single inspector? And I'm going to say a busy single inspector, you know, if you do 200 inspections a year, that's a hundred grand. So let's say you do uh, 300 inspections a year. I consider that a good amount, $500 per inspection. That's 150 grand gross, not net, but gross. That's a good living. But that's, in my opinion, not worth having that many guys. There's a lot of work. Let me tell you, there's a lot of work in having people work for you. Half of your day is spent keeping things going, answering phone calls. Okay, there was a billing issue. There was a payment issue. Okay, now I need to figure out this issue with the taxes for this person. There's a lot that goes into it. It's not bad, but it's time. So think about those two things. I consider them dirty expressions, market share and number of inspections. Ugh, I, why? It's just a matter of pride. I've known multi-inspector firms that have gone out of business doing more inspections than any of my companies ever did. Gone out of business. So let's think about this for a moment. And again, not going into the details of who called me or why they called me, but interestingly enough, all four guys that called had about the same price point. Some were higher, some were a little lower. So I'm going to use a price point that we've used on this show before. National average for a home inspection is actually closer to 400 now, which I'm happy about. But in some areas of the country, it's still around 300. So I'm going to pick 350 as the inspection number. So let's say we do 500 inspections a year at $350. I actually had to have a guy who's left a comment on our uh YouTube channel saying 500, 500 inspections a year. That's impossible. Never happened. It's made up. It's not that hard, to be honest with you. That's two inspections a day, five days a week. 500 inspections a year is not only totally doable by one person, it's the reality for a lot of us. So let's say, though, we're doing 500 inspections a year. As a single inspector, that's still quite a bit. We're, we're going to feel it. We're going to get burned out. Um, we get two weeks off a year at that math. Okay, we're going to feel it. So around that number is when guys start to call me and say, oh, I'm doing five, 600 inspections a year. I'm burnt. I need to get, hire a guy. Let's think about this math. 500 inspections a year at $350 is $175,000. If you hire a guy, you're going to have to split that with him. So let's say, for instance, your overhead is $125. We've used that number on here. It's higher now. So, but let's say 125. So that brings us down to $225 of profit, hypothetically, uh, gross profit on that $350. If you're splitting with an inspector, so let's say you're doing a 30% split like some of these courses will tell you. What kind of guy are you going to hire for that? I mean, that's a little over $100 if you, if you split the gross amount. Even if you split it at half, that is $175. Are you going to get a really fantastic inspector for that? So I have contractor friends that are charging $90 to $150 an hour 
why would they leave that and make less? Guys who are worth their salt are not going to work for $175 an inspection. Let's be frank. That's why a lot of times we get a low-grade inspector or guys that leave us and start their own company. That's the first problem with that fee. The second is, if we hire an inspector at that, we now need to keep that inspector busy all week long, all year long. We don't have the volume for that at that point. Now, if we're turning down 500 inspections and we're doing 500 inspections, okay, now you have the volume, but you're still not making a whole lot. Uh, I have always calculated that for every inspector that you have on, count on losing almost a full day of work a week because you have to train him. You have to keep an eye on him. You have to schedule him if he has questions. Does he need a new tool? Did his vehicle break down? You need to order new shirts. You need to market. All that stuff. There, there's a lot that goes into it. If that's if you can do without that and you only lose a half a day a week or whatever, fine. That is what it is. Or maybe you have the most amazing inspector out there and you don't have to worry about that. But we're not talking about just hiring one guy. We're talking about hiring multiple guys, multiple inspectors. So, uh Think about that number. Now, think about this. If you raised your prices to $450 to get that same $175,000 gross, you now only have to do 389 inspections. Now, there's $100 extra meat on the bones. So you can even give that to your inspector. Now you're hiring them at $275. A lot easier to say, hey, will you come work for me for $275 per inspection? And then, you know, they're looking at the the average fee they could get at, you know, $325, $350. Like, that's eh, not worth it to leave. I'm, I'm good here. This is a good fee. Now we've paid them better. But think about it, even if we're just working ourselves, 389 inspections is 111 less inspections per year. That is nearly three months. It's 11 weeks off at this math. Would you want to take 11 weeks off? Sure, <laughs> go for it. Take three months off or hire somebody. Use that time for marketing or increase your inspections. Because every time we've raised our prices, I don't know if we've ever actually lost work. And I think that's where we, we worry about it. Like if I raise my prices $100, I'm going to lose uh, you know, 20% of my work. Awesome. By this math, 20% gets you more money and less time. Why wouldn't we want to increase our fees? So raising our fees to a number that one will sustain a business. That's really what it comes down to. We cannot work week to week as an inspection company. It just won't work out. Seen too many companies fail. Number two allows us to get a better split. Now, guys who are worth their salt can say, you know what? Yeah, I'll come work for you. We can negotiate a little bit. Yeah, there's some meat on the bone. Let's talk. Now, 450 still isn't a great price. I'm going to be honest with you. We should be charging a lot more than that. But that's just to give us some basic math examples. Imagine if we increased our price, you know, even $100 more over that. Then we're at 550. Wow. Okay, cool. Now we can now we can do even less inspections. Or now we have more meat on the bones and we can give more to our inspectors. Because I, I see too many companies, so think about this. We have a guy, he's working, and he hires another inspector doing 500 inspections a year. Now he has to keep that inspector busy. His overhead is $125 per inspection. Over the course of the week, he has to lose an inspection day. 
he's only making, you know, 75 to a hundred dollars on an inspection. And now let's talk about taxes and business expense and all that stuff. And all of a sudden you're making $50 off of an inspection, taking on all that liability. And what are you going to do? That $50 inspection, you're going to, you're, that's the McDonald's model. That's where we're making money at McDonald's just to keep our price low to quote unquote, grab market share or to have that number of inspections. Raise our prices. Our prices need to be somewhere first. So if we're in the mentality right now of, well, I'm doing five, 600 inspections a year. I need to hire somebody. Take ourselves out of that. There's two ways to curb that issue. It's not an issue. It's a good, it's a good thing. There's two ways to curb that. Hire someone or raise our prices, decrease demand. The second one, decreasing demand by raising our prices has always been the best, in my opinion, because we have never really lost work. And every time you do it, let's say you lose 10%. Cool. Awesome. If you raised your prices 20% and you lose 10%, that's great math. Now you're you're working less and making more. And when you do hire somebody, you have meat on the bones. So that also fixes the issue of no structure and running around. We're oftentimes running around because we're inspecting while our guys are inspecting. We're trying to do 10 inspections a week while they're doing 10 inspections a week, and we have to quote unquote, keep them busy. If there's enough meat on the bones, as we hire inspectors, okay, I hired a new inspector. I work four days a week in the field. I hired uh, three inspectors. Now I work two and a half days in the field. And, And you see where I'm going with that? Eventually, we get to the part where we are running the business. And now we're spot checking guys' inspections. Okay, let me take a look at this report. Oh, Dave is sick, so I'm going to go cover for Dave. Uh, Jamie's out, so you know Dave can cover for Jamie. And cool, that's what we want, right? Running around like a crazy person is not what we want. So the second part of raising our prices, and something that I see a lot of guys afraid to do, is ancillary inspections. And ones that could potentially have recurring income. So. Uh, think about it like this, that $125 already burned off. And we've talked about this before. It's already burned off by being on site. So if we're there, what other inspections do these people typically get that we're not a part of? Oh, well, they have to get a pest inspection, but I don't do those too much liability. Really? I mean, we're already in the house. We already kind of have the liability for the house. Why not? become qualified to become a pest inspector. Septic inspections. Well, you know, there's only a few houses in the area that have septic. Cool. That means it's even more niche. So you'll get those septic inspections and you'll get the home inspection. So you'll be increasing not only your workload, but your profitability at the same time. Well, you know, I don't, you know, getting the equipment and the training. Do you see kind of where I'm going with it? Because almost everybody that asks about becoming a multi-inspector firm hasn't gotten their ancillary set yet. I would say better than, well, better than half, if not 70, 80%. And say, well, I guess I could add that on. I guess I could add this on. If we're not increasing both our base fee and our overall fee by adding ancillaries that we're qualified to do, make sure that we're qualified, we work hard, and we become the best at it, we're missing out. So now here's the other option. And this is what I've done really well with not hiring a full home inspector. So if we're doing radon tests, hire a guy to pick up and set up your radon tests. Cool. Now you don't have to see the seller after the inspection. You have somebody setting them up and picking them up. 
You pay them a really great amount and you make a little off the top. Perfect. Um, sewer scopes. If you're not doing I talked to a guy the other day. Well, I need to hire somebody. I don't want to do sewer scopes. It's just too much of a pain in the butt. You know what's a pain in the butt is the home inspection at that rate. If you can't open the hub, you can't open the hub. It, let people know, make a part of your agreement. The vast majority you can't open, do sewer scopes. Make an extra three, $400. Same thing with septic inspection. Make another three to $500. Oftentimes it comes down to fear of doing these things. And I felt that too. When I started a new service, I always got scared. But that fear drove me to be extra good at it. In our state, in New York, we have mold assessments. When that first came out, I am actually the 31st mold assessor in all of New York State. <laughs> my, my license number is 31. I was the first one to get out there and do it because one of the first ones. Um, I was in the first class of the of mold remediators in New York because this is where we're going. Is it a pain? Yeah. Is it part of doing business? Yeah. Does it increase our fees? Oh, totally. I'm just throwing out ideas at the moment. And these are ideas are to get us out of our thinking of market share. Let me grab market share or let me grab more inspections. Instead, how can we make our business more profitable while adding value to our clients? So imagine me, the average home buyer, buying a house with a fireplace and not getting a level two chimney inspection. Well, the home inspector has a disclaimer in there that didn't start stop my chimney from catching on fire. You don't think that would add value? to the buyer to say, we can offer, we can offer you a level two chimney inspection. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Cool. Or maybe I have a septic system and I have to arrange with a septic company. I'm going to be perfectly frank. We call them pump and runs. They are the worst inspections ever. Septic company comes, looks in, sucks everything out and says, you're fine and drives away. That is nothing like a hydraulic load test and measuring, uh, you know, measuring the scum layer and the sludge layer and checking the leach fields and D boxes. That's a much better inspection. I'm adding value. And now they can just do that all with one phone call. And they also have now that inspection connected with the home inspection. So, I mean, the septic guy's looking at the septic. We're looking at the house. And there's kind of a disconnect there. One company looking at both and, oh, okay, you know what's interesting is there is another pipe going out the sidewall in the crawl space that goes off to that creek to the right. I wonder if that's where the gray water is going making connections that add more value to our clients. What about water treatment systems? Well, you have to be certified by that particular company. Cool. There's like a few companies out there. There's not a ton. In my area, there's like three different companies that provide the equipment itself. Go get certified. People are all the time. How do I do this? How do I do that? Okay. Let me take a look at your water treatment system. Well testing, radon, wood destroying insect. There's so many more that I can't even name here. Add ancillary inspections on. I'm just throwing out ideas because before we can start hiring other inspectors, we need to make our business profitable. And how we do that is base inspection fee and ancillaries. Again, always become amazing at every ancillary inspection that you provide. If we take a little online course that takes a couple of hours and we start going out and inspecting people's septic systems... Step back for a minute and look at ourselves. That's not going to add value to them. That's not going to add value to us or a business. Become awesome. If you're a good home inspector, it's not that hard to become good at these other services. So some of what I said may be a little controversial, but 
I hate the words market share. I hate it when somebody asks, how many inspections have you done? Don't think about that. Think about what the net was. So you're looking at the guy who has two inspectors and he did a thousand inspections last year. And you're like, oh man, I only did 300. If you were to take their net and your net probably be about equal or yours might be better at those single inspector level. Because a lot of the companies are, are burning themselves up from the inside. So profitability first. Once you have that down, then you can think about hiring another inspector. There we go. That's what I have. And uh, if you disagree or agree, shoot us an email, info at inspectortoolbelt.com. If you're viewing this on YouTube or on a podcast format, leave a comment. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks. On behalf of myself, Ian, and the entire ITB team, thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch our future episodes as well. And if you have any feedback, please send us an email at info at Also, don't forget to check out our brand new app for home inspectors, scheduling and report writing all in one easy to use app. Check it out now at inspectortoolbelt.com. views and opinions of this podcast and its guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Inspector Toolbelt and its associates.